You're listening to episode number 301 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com. Did I say that right? (laughs) Yes. It's going to be a good one. I'm so excited. Or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Also, get early and sometimes exclusive access to all things 360 Vegas with a $7 per month subscription to Patreon. We're actually up to about 388 shows because of patreon.com slash 360Vegas. <laughs> Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pools, the casino, big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? I want to gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. It's not far off. It's three. It's 398, but... Excuse me. Oh, forgive <laughs> me. The... the Whiskey erases memory. I was going to say, who are we being sponsored by tonight? Because they're doing an awesome job. Yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) So we are drinking a fairly newly released, and when I say newly released, within the last probably six months or so, Knob Creek released a cask strength rye. Now, for listeners that don't know what that means, when you put whiskey into a barrel and you let it age for X number of years, you then will typically bring the the barrel down. You will take the deliciousness out of the barrel and you will water it down to a certain proof that you want it to be. So on average, it could be, you know, roughly, let's just say, 45% alcohol by volume. What that really means is 65% of what's in that bottle is water and 45% of what's in that bottle is actual whiskey. When it's cask strength, it's 100% whiskey, which means they just, they open up the barrel, they pour it into a bottle and off it goes. And that's what I've got in my, in my, my glass right now. I made a Manhattan with this cask strength rye and some sweet vermouth and bitters. And um, I I make no promises to what the rest of this podcast is going to sound like. And worst of all, I actually really want to apologize to a new listener to the show. He reached out via Twitter and said how much he you know found the first show, really enjoyed it, and we're now going to be a part of you know his uh, rotation, his his podcast listening rotation. Mm-hmm. But I can't find it, so I will circle back around to him because he didn't actually include. <laughs> He didn't, he didn't include me in the tweet. I just happened to have noticed it. And, of course, so, he, you don't remember who. So he, he went into this whole this whole thing going, I've got half an idea here. <laughs> and I was, what I, I was really hoping is, is that I would have found it. In right time. along the way. I knew exactly what you were doing. Like, I'll figure it out along the way. And then towards the end, you're like, uh, I, I, I have no idea where I'm at. <laughs> I would like to thank a special friend of the show. <laughs> he found it. 
Uh, no, but I am scrolling quickly. You see what I mean? He's, he's like, he didn't <laughs> even think going. that out. <laughs> no, I'm done. Somebody brand new reached out and said how much they enjoy this show, and they just listened to it, and thank you very much for the new friends, and that's all I've got to say. But you know what? I'm going to randomly scream his name out at some point. <laughs> it's going to be awkward and, and jarring. All right, we're, well, we're used to you randomly screaming out strangers' names. We've set the names. stage, so I, mean, I, I think it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start the show. He's Mark, she's Karen, I'm Tony, and as always, we start with Random Vegas. When bill acceptors were added to slot machines in the 1990s, it generated a 30% increase in the amount of money played. You got that from at Vital Vegas via Natasha Deschul. Or Deschul. Dow Deschul. Were you guys Sorry, much uh, slot or, more importantly, video poker players prior to the ticket in, ticket out? Aspect being, we came to Vegas once when they were doing that, ninety four. You, you got to remember, we didn't turn twenty one until. Well, it wasn't it wasn't that we didn't come to Vegas well, for that too. a long time after we turned twenty one. <laughs> yeah, but it, but still, I mean, you know, we turned twenty one in the mid nineties. So I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, oh, I, I mean uh, that's well, oh, yeah, that's fine and all, but you know it took a while for ticket in ticket out machines to start being installed i'll tell you what i remember you know i'm old enough to remember having to dig your hands into the plastic buckets and grabbing those coins to drop into the machine and how dirty your hands would get and quite frankly i i get why people are more inclined to bet an additional 30 percent on any given machine when they can just pump one singular, let's just say $20 bill into a machine, you play it till it's gone and then you move to another machine and you put in another 20 bucks versus having all of those coins because you had on to the feed one them in one f- by one. It wasn't like yeah, there was a, yeah, a slot that you could just pour them in. Absolutely. Not, well, Plus, see, I, I, I can top the, those stories with um, my first experience with wait, fucking. Wait, are you going to manzy me? Oh, Is I that... am fucking manzy. <laughs> wow. Oh, and, I, and, that, and, and I think I even knew it. And that's why I dodged it. Like on, you know, so I'm going to try and one up you. Like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Mark. Is that a, is that a manzy? Yeah, is that what you were doing? That you is. fucking dick. All right. So apparently I'm attempting to manzy. Or, or, or you know what? Maybe I'm not. Maybe it's going to be as good. Here's my story. Basically, that's what it was like. You guys stop talking. I'm going to talk now. So <laughs> my experience. Welcome to my life. I was excited. I wanted to share my experience. And I didn't want to be like, oh, I'm going to forget it if I don't say it. <laughs> so I'm like, you held on long enough. You're going to lose it. So my experience, first experience with it that made me immediately hate them was we were at some game or something, and I ended up putting like a 20 into a nickel slot. And Karen was like, oh, no, we found this over here. I'm like, okay, and I cashed out. And I realized $20 worth of nickels just fucking poured out. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, I hate these. And then, and like, it ruined my first gambling uh, with slots was terrible because I never wanted to cash out. I'm like, I'll just fucking lose it all. I'm not... I don't want to deal with all that shit. And then I'm like, oh, well, we got the buckets. Like, ah, this isn't fun for me. <laughs> that's a great story. And I don't mean that sarcastically. That's that's pretty cool. I uh, one one quick story, and then I promise we can move on. Uh, for folks that don't know, I used to work for a casino for a brief amount of time when I was in my uh, college years. I worked for the Blue Chip Casino, which is in Michigan City, Indiana. And I was a blackjack dealer, but 
at that particular time, if you were going to be a blackjack dealer and you were part-time, you also then had to work in the cage. So I was the person when you would walk up and you would hand your chips to me, or at that time, your buckets of, of coins to me. I was the one that would then, you know, either count out the chips and give you your cash, or I would run your coins through a through a auto counter machine. And what would happen is you would dump the money into the machine. You would lift the lid up, and it would, you know, slowly allow the coins to pour in. It would count it all up, and then I would pay you out. But what was funny was, you, you know, all of these people would come up, and they'd have filthy hands, and they'd have three or four, you know, like buckets of coins that they had to that they wanted to cash out and they all would drop into their own respective bag beneath the, the machine counter and you would have to put essentially a rubber band around the top and you would have these bags that were they looked like ziploc bags just without the little ziploc sealer at the top mm -hmm. yep. and um you know they'd be approximately two feet wide and probably three feet long oh, those mofos were heavy oh, yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah I before so funny story relatable but I don't know I think it's funny before we moved out here we had two big Gatorade like the you know the huge Gatorade jugs like not not like a, a 32 ounce or anything like the big jugs like, like the one that would feed an entire soccer or team like that yeah. we had two of those filled with coins that we had just been you know saving for whatever reason and I was bound and determined that I was not going to go to Coinstar because they take a, a fee, <laughs> right. whereas I could take them into my bank and they would... It, it, so literally what they did was they're, they're dumping out these jugs. And so trying to carry those things in, like I had to have like one hand on the... Because they still fortunately had the handles on top, but then I had one underneath, like a hand underneath because I'm like, this handle's going to... It's plastic. It's going to snap off. So one at a time, I carried those in, and the security guard actually felt bad for me um, when I was carrying the first one in because he's like, "Do you got it?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And then I go back to the car. He's like, "Well, you should have told me there was another one. I could have got it for you." Mm -hmm. But they literally had to had to like shake the coins because it's easy to put the coins in those big Gatorade things, but trying to dump them out <laughs> when the hole is only you know so big, they kept getting stuck. Mm -hmm. But they literally just dumped them into bags, and they oh, sent wow. them off to some central processing so like it took us i think a week or 10 days or something like that to actually get the deposit mm -hmm. but you know at that point in time i'm like i'm not going to coin, coin star i ain't paying that fee on this thing <laughs> but yeah those bags were heavy and i think they had to put them into like three or four different bags they weren't as big as the ones you were describing in the cage but yeah they they are there's some pretty hefty stuff okay that was it <laughs> I thought it was relatable. I was related to Tony's story. <laughs> I, I'm not judging it. I have nothing to add. Right. Now you know what it's like on this end all the time. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> Let's move into Twit Pick of the Week. The story of Rio is a tragic tale. When it opened, it was a monster success, pioneering the move to fine dining and celebrity chefs. Three years after opening in 1990, the property was so popular that it built and opened the 20-story expansion tower, showcased this week by At Lucky's Las Vegas. In 1997, at a cost of $200 million, it unveiled their Masquerade in the Sky show. When Harris Entertainment decided to relocate their corporate headquarters from Memphis, Tennessee to Las Vegas in the late 90s, they didn't feel they owned a property that was worthy to set up their operations in. So they purchased the Rio in 1999 for $888 million 
and establish it as their corporate headquarters. And so began its downfall. Years later, after all the celebrity chefs left, CEO at the time, Gary Loveman, would admit that they made a mistake of thinking they could run Rio the same way they ran Harrah's. Despite making Rio the home of their prized acquisition, the World Series of Poker, the property has noticeably not received any of the renovation love that has been given out to all of its sister properties. While Rio has been at the middle of many sale rumors, the latest claiming it would be demolished so a baseball stadium could be built on the land would not only be its final indignity, it would be its most egregious. The irony isn't lost on me that a sport infamous for its many cheating scandals wants to move to a city that originally identified the importance of ensuring that the game had to be fair to the player only to recently adopt the practice of hidden fees. So I guess I'll chime in I, first just to say that I honestly, I have not been in the Rio since probably 2010-ish. Uh, my, my wife and I stayed there. It was probably our second or third trip to Vegas. Uh, I think we did it for one or two nights just to be able to proverbially and literally, you know, check it off our list of places that we've stayed in Vegas. At the time in 2010, it was overrun by, and hopefully I'm not going to, you know, offend too many. I don't know what percentage of our listeners I'm going to offend, but here we go. It was overrun by, you know, Southern California, LA douchebags. And we wanted nothing to do with it. it we, were, we were just too old to be at the Rio. At least that's how we felt at the time. I, we've not stepped back in the casino then, you know, subsequently in the past nine years. So I don't know if it's changed or not since then, but it wouldn't surprise me that if the LA scene has left it and folks like me in my, you know, early forties and very, very early forties, just to be clear, <laughs> you know, for any of the 21 year old females that might be listening to the podcast, nice. uh, you know, is to say that I, I understand why it's, it's, it's kind of sad. We kind I have to imagine that watching what has happened to the Rio in our timeline, in our time frame, is what it must've been like watching maybe the dunes or the sands or Riviera slowly yeah. start to creep down. So one last thing, by the way, is to say that in 1997, when they, uh, at a cost of $200 million unveiled the masquerade in the sky, for what it's worth, in today's money, that's only 3.1 million. And knowing how much things, how expensive things are in Vegas, it's surprising to me that. I mean, you mean three one point? Wait a minute, 200 million dollars? You said. Sorry. Yeah. I okay. Wouldn't be helpful if I put all the zeros in. <laughs> I was thinking you probably missed yeah, a couple. I was like. Because <laughs> I don't know how it would be less in today's dollars than. Yeah, it that's was what then. I kept thinking. <laughs> It's only 2.3 million. I'm like, I, that's what? <laughs> yeah. $200 million in 1997 is worth 318 million in today's dollars. Yeah. Okay. So uh, an inflation rate of 59.2% uh, in those 22 <laughs> years. Yeah. Uh, just it, again, I, I'm. Well, that was to build it, not to constant, not to keep it up either. Well, I know, right. but think about when we were talking about billions with a B when we're talking about building resorts world or all of these other things. But but it that just, was but that was just the masquerade in the sky show. No, I know what he's saying. He, I, I got hung up on what you were talking about first. Yeah. It's it's the it's the dollars. Like like it, we've become so jaded for love in Vegas that now million doesn't like mean shit. Like you just it's a throwaway. Well, whatever, two hundred million. Because now you're like everything's billions. Sure. So uh, my point is, Karen, if we were to say to you, 
something is being built in Vegas right now within a casino and it's going to cost them $318 million, would you, would that raise an eyebrow or would you go, yep, that pretty much seems like, you know, the case in 2019 for Vegas. So that kind of leads to my thought when I saw that they spent $200 million or think about it today's money, $318 million on a free show. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's, that's, that's a lot on a free is. show. I mean, so that was my thought when I saw the number. Yeah. Like if somebody said, that's "Yeah, we're cool. we're going to put, you know, 300 million into this thing that's just going to be free." You can you can just well, do volcanoes it. Volcanoes I mean, the same thing. But so the volcano, I think they built that with the original construction of the property that No, th- that's exactly why they built that was to draw people in. Yeah. No, I know. Oh, I see, I see what you're saying. And so. when they when they did the upgrade to it, right, it's they because they it. realized, it you know, number 1, it was a draw, but it was falling behind some of the other new big, you know, Right. Outdoor free crazy things that we're doing. So they did the renovation on that. Yeah. This is after the fact. Like right. this is inside. People yeah, you walking like by it's not as easy to do. Right. And yeah. people walking by aren't gonna go, Oh hey, what's happening over there? Like you already have to be in the property to yeah. see it. It's, it is a big space too. So I mean that that surprised me, you know, to spend that much on a free show. I was also surprised I didn't know that Harris used to be based in Memphis before they moved here. Yep. And I'm surprised that they would have put their operations or their headquarters inside a casino. That surprises me. I thought me. that was weird, too. Because they're not now. Yeah. Actually, they don't look like they put any money into their headquarters in a long time, either. It was there not too long ago. But, yeah, I mean... I'm not 100% sure on that Memphis thing now. I'm doubting it. I know it was in our area. Was it in Tunica? It might have been. Yeah. I don't know. I can tell you this much, Mark. Based on your recommendation of Jackpot about Bill Hera, yeah. I do know that Memphis was the home That's what I thought. of Harris Casino. So I have every reason to believe that this is this is a factual statement since Harris was probably the one orchestrating it back in ninety seven. It's right. it's fun when I doubt myself and then I'm I'm like, no no, you were right. I'm like, oh, oh hey, sometimes you're right. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to, to things about Vegas, you usually are. Well, as always, we will link to the photo on our blog. We're going to feature on all of our social media outlets, such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as the enhanced version of the show, which Patreon subscribers should be seeing right now. Let's move into the news. buddy this is what i've been most excited to talk about on the podcast all week leading up to tonight let's have a little bit of 360 vegas vacation 8 eve conversation (laughs) as we are down to single digits till the life-changing event that will be 360 vegas vacation 8 we feel it is important to remind first timers and veterans alike about a standard operating procedure communication regarding venue changes While all plans for 360 Vegas Vacation 8 are set in stone, the venues in which those events are held can change. And when it does change, it will usually be last minute. Things like the kickoff meet and greet at the Center Bar at Mirage, the Loma Ride the Fremont Street, 360 Whiskey Lounge are all things that have secured venues for. As it has happened before for various reasons, like somebody buying out a venue for a private party, better option presented itself or one day inevitably we will be encouraged to relocate ourselves by staff (laughs) if you show up to an event venue and we are nowhere to be found 
All you need to do is go to social media and you'll find an update on where we relocated to. Our primary means of communication continues to be Twitter, but our Twitter feed flows into Facebook and I might even back that to Instagram so that way they all flow to one another. While just checking our Twitter or Facebook feed is probably the easiest way to find these sort of notifications, we will also be using the hashtag 360VV8 in our posts, and we encourage everyone else to do the same. That way, should you have a question, anyone in the party can respond to it instead of having to wait for one of us to see it. And if you're unsure how to look up posts using a hashtag, it's as simple as going to your search feature, typing in hashtag 360VV8, no spaces. Oh, also, a hashtag is known as a pound sign or a number sign for those of you who are not aware. Some don't. Some don't know. And you're, all right. And you're, so. the, you're the shame of all your... <laughs> of your I, I, I had a joke that came way too late. I should have just bailed on it. Yeah. You'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. <laughs> a last-minute addition to the list of featured guests at the 360 Vegas Vacation Family Meet and Greet is personal friend... And friend of the show, Travel Fanboy. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool that he's going to come out. He's he's is nice. You know, the best part is he, or, or, or weirdest part as the case might be, he puts on a complete persona on his with his social media. Right. You know, on social media, he comes he he intentionally comes across very um, entitled, very yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> you know, flam- I say flamboyant in the sort of over the top. No, I, I know what you're talking. He's very, he's very like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. It's a right. treat that I showed up and responded, and you should realize that. I Absolutely. I know what you're talking about. I love it. And but if you if you spend even. 90 seconds with the guy, you're going to realize it's absolutely true. He's much worse in real life. (laughs) (laughs) I kid, I kid, Adam. He's, he is, he's a really nice guy. I'm really excited that he's going to be able to make it. This might be his only Vegas trip uh, in 2019. So it's, you know, kind of flattering that he would take time to come and hang out, you know, with what we're doing with the only time that he's got available for his vacation time. But at any rate, that being said, I, I have a few things that I need to, if you will, let's just say legal disclaimer. I got a few things I Uh-oh. need to get off my chest, if you don't mind. That's right. Uh-oh. Here we go. First of all, number one, I love the fact that so many of our friends come back and hang out with us. Inevitably, I am probably not going to remember your name right away, and it would mean the world to me if you would walk up to me and say, Hey, Tony, it's, and then fill in your name here, Good to see you again. And, and, and that, like, that would be true for me as well, because there are a lot of faces that I remember go. I I all right, so that's, that's true for all of us except <laughs> fucking Alistair. Yeah, he's the only one that just seems to remember everybody automatically. Yeah. Well, you know, when you've got autism, there's ways that you can benefit <laughs> I know. from it. The highest functioning ever. <laughs> Second of all. So I will, I will inevitably uh, not remember Uh-oh. someone's name right off the bat. So please help me out. Don't take it, don't take it uh, offensively <laughs> that I don't remember it. Second of all, inevitably, I will likely do and or say something incredibly egregiously offensive to you. Please just roll with it. Tony, all right. You, you realize that uh, that you put enough disclaimers out, and people are listening to the show. They're counting on it. They're actually looking forward to the time where you say or do something inappropriate. That potentially could be considered offensive however because they listen to this show they just know that that's kind of what we do well what you and mark do i don't do that but they do i mean you guys do 
I, I, and frankly, I, I always hope that the listeners will be that uh, understanding. I always inevitably the next morning go on what I lovingly refer to as an apology tour yeah. where I'll just walk up to you and say, listen, I, I'm sure I did or said something offensive last night. Please, please accept my apologies. <laughs> and people always laugh and they go, you're fine, man. You're, you're fun, which is, you know, code for you were a real douchebag last night. <laughs> you were fun. <laughs> Um, and I think the last thing is, listen, we want you to come out and, and spend as much time with us doing 360 Vegas vacation itinerary activities as, as you want. But if there are times when you want to sleep in or you want to go to bed early or, you know, this place doesn't sound like much fun, but you want to go to the other place, right. pop in and out as you want. We respect and understand the fact that this is your vacation. And so you just coming to hang out with us is just appreciative in and of itself. I think you'll probably find the most enjoyable times to be the group gaming events, the meet and greet events. But, you know, for the listeners that are coming out, for those that have done it before, they know what to expect. I guess this is really targeted more towards the first timers who may not have done it before. Maybe this is their second time. One of the coolest compliments that I think we get, we being Mark and Karen and myself, is when people come back the second time or the third time. (laughs) people could he have been referring to when he said we? I, I don't know, but he felt the need to qualify, so I wasn't going to interrupt him. Is to say that we came out for the, you know, the last Vegas vacation, and we caught up with you guys at the X event, and, and we had a lot of fun, and we wanted to come back and do more of it. People have a tendency, newbies it seem like have a tendency where they feel like they need to my words, no one else is kind of dip their toe in to see if this is right. right. Which I don't blame them. I, I would tune with this group. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're a lot. We're a lot to deal with. So, all right, that's all. No, and that's a good point. And again, we we understand that. Um, I mean, if you guys are coming out here, Vegas is this is your vacation too. Right. Yeah. We've you know Mark and well Mark and Tony have spent a lot of time kind of planning out what we're going to do and where we want to go. It's like where are we going? Okay. Yeah, I still don't remember where we're staying. I know I've <laughs> asked you like three times. I know like one night downtown and two on the strip and I I don't remember. I'll just figure it out when we go. Whoever's driving will navigate us there. But I mean this is your vacation and you know if if to Tony to your point if there's one or two things that sound like it's your cup of tea, great. Do those. If the rest of it you're like, yeah, no interest in that fine not a problem you're not going to hurt our feelings you know do what you want to do have a good time you're in vegas so and actually tony when you and i were talking with vegas club podcast chris about this you know he even said he it's been what two years since he's been out here he's only got four days he's got a laundry list of stuff he's going to cram in Uh, okay great this is your vacation i mean i I love the time that he's going to be able to come him and his friends are going to be able to come out and hang out with us but otherwise yeah we're we encourage everyone to to do you do you I guess it's a good way to put it. <laughs> Next up, the Neon Museum has some expansion plans. The Las Vegas City Council unanimously agreed to rent the closed Reed Whipple Cultural Center across the street from the Neon Museum to the Neon Museum, doubling their current footprint. They also granted the museum $2.2 million to renovate that building that has been closed since 2016. The building will be renamed NE10, Neon's chemical symbol and the atomic number. Plans for the space include developing a second outdoor boneyard as well as an indoor gallery, classrooms, offices, and more space to store more of its 15,000 plus artifacts currently in storage. All while preserving the building's original architectural aesthetic. 
Work on phase one of the project is planned for this summer with an open expected for early 2020. While all that is going on, the Neon Museum is also installing 30-foot tall steel grids around the perimeter walls of the existing boneyard to give them vertical space to showcase even more of their stored collection. Oh, that is awesome. I didn't know that part. Yeah. That is awesome. I mean, as it is now with the guitar installed, the hard rock guitar, These you ones, see it coming. That, that's, like, if, I mean, it that is That, I beacon. believe, is what's going to now shade it. 30 feet higher from a distance. Or Why would they want to shade it? Because then you come in. Like, it, 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 it's, they have other attractions on its level. Instead of like, look at all these signs here, and then there's... Well, yeah, I'm envisioning them installing, like, that. So right now, if, if a sign is installed, it's pretty much like leaning against or propped up against the yeah. back wall or with other signs behind it. Now I'm picturing them, oh, we can stack them on top of each other. We'll just hang this one up here, which means they're going to be able to display even more, which yeah. I think is awesome. Yep. My only question is going to be, are they going to be installed facing inward, or are they going to use some of the, you know, 30-foot tall to install stuff facing outward? Oh, like I don't know. Street? I don't know. I didn't think of that. See? I pay attention to stuff, too. <laughs> yes, you do. Who's my big girl? I am. I am. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm also proud to announce that there are uh, some Neon Museum expansion plans coming up. Uh, we just that, talked okay. story about we just that, yeah. Tony. Awesome. <laughs> so far, this episode has not disappointed. I also am proud to announce <laughs> that there are some residencies coming to the Grand Sahara. Vital Vegas is reporting that. As part of the renovation plans, converting SLS into Grand Sahara include renovating their performance venue to accommodate production shows, or specifically for the mail review show known as Magic Mike Live. Currently in residency at the Hard Rock and originally reported to be included in the transformation into Virgin Hotels. Additionally, Frank Marino's Divas Live is also rumored to be returning to the Strip, technically the Strip, with a residency at Grand Sahara. If you recall, Marino was forced out of Link and the Vegas market in general in 2018 after it was uncovered that portions of the proceeds from his merch sales promised to the Make-A-Wish Foundation were not going to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Prior to that, Marino's drag show was one of the longest running residencies in Vegas starting in 1985 at Riviera. Since the abrupt closing in 2018, Marino has been shopping for a new home to set up shop in. Vital Vegas rumors that during that search, the production was turned down by the Mirage, Stratosphere, and Westgate, to name a few. Divas Live, or whatever they elect to name it, is expected to have performances six days a week. Also, the Esther's Goldberg Totally Outrageous Brunch production has been extended through October. On the other side of the coin, current resident performers Eddie Griffin and Monique are not expected to continue after the rebranding despite healthy ticket sales. As a reminder, while it is still technically called SLS, it's widely known that the name change to Grand Sahara will be made once renovations are complete. I thought Frank Marino was going to Tropicana. Wasn't that the rumor that was out there before? That was the rumor. I just don't think it happened. Okay. Let me ask you something. Since you guys live out there, do you guys pay more attention, less attention, or would you say it, 
you know, it stays the same as it relates to the billboards that are out there and what's being announced via billboards. Less. Because we're not billboards, looking. Billboards, yeah, no, yeah. I don't. I don't really pay. You learn how to drive around here. You stop looking at that stuff. So That's fair. anything okay. that that you know is a distraction, you don't you don't pay attention to. Yeah. All right. The, the reason for that question was, and I also get the benefit of being a passenger when I'm going from the airport to my hotel, <laughs> is I get to look out the windows and I get to see all of the billboards talking about who's right. coming or who's there or whatnot. And so I just you know part of knowing what's happening in Vegas, entertainment-wise, comes from obviously this podcast but in in a in a you know eyes on situation getting to see the the billboards and i wondered what if any level of i have seen some as a matter of fact one of the reasons that inspired me to do coming attractions again is because i was walking around doing an fhe and i saw on winds old or encores somebody's uh somebody's billboard there were people that that were going to be headlining there and you know short-term residencies i'm like get the fuck out of here i didn't know they were here i'm like wow I've, i i don't know something that's going on something i used to have a pulse on and that's when i i broke into researching all of it again so it i guess it's when you use the phrase you know do you see all these things when you're driving around no when you're wandering around the strip yeah you still see them well and i think t- two different things um a lot of the the strip shows and stuff get advertised on your way to and from McCarran to the strip or to Fremont, they're oh, yeah, strategically placed. The, right, so unless we go fair. down there, we don't see that. I will say this. Um, I have seen a ton of billboards for the station's casinos. So because we're out whether it's market, that's Red why. Rock, Palms. Palms has got a ton of them up now with the renovations that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen more of those out in the locals than than anything else. Because we're in locals. Right. But that, but again, that I find that just fascinating. I would n- never have thought of that. But you're right. Once you put it, I'm like, well, duh. Of course, <laughs> they know what routes the taxis and the Ubers and the Lyfts are going to be traveling, so they're going to put up certain billboards for that, and yeah. then they know where you guys live, and they're going to cater to that. So, anyway, that's oh man, I love you guys living in Vegas. I love all this. <laughs> we love us living questions. in Vegas too. Yeah, we, we really love us. <laughs> I know. In Vegas. I know. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm gonna go home and or go back to bed and cry myself to sleep. Go home. Where are you right now? I don't <laughs> you have a mobile command center? What are you doing? So Cirque is announcing that they're going to refresh some of their plans for oh. The RJ is reporting that Cirque intends to refresh their Bellagio production show O at the end of this year. Tony's mind went in the gutter. Play. Yeah, no, no, no. I didn't. I didn't like how I led that in. Actually, I was like, hmm, I know how he meant that, and I should have. I should have said it differently. Yeah, I did too. I was like, we're, we're gonna plow forward. That was too good. If I give him a chance, I like. I heard it, and I'm like, if you stop, he's gonna want to redo it. And I'm like, keep going, keep going. <laughs> it's good that way. Right. So tell me more about O. Plants are also to eliminate the Monday and Tuesday dark days so more shows can be added, eventually expanding to seven days a week by 2020. Oh, that's big. I know, right? O is the most profitable strip (laughs) production over the past 20 years. Currently, with 470 shows per year, the production sells more tickets than any single production show in the world. Hmm. Get the fuck out of here. I, there I are don't. more people finding the O than I can. That's nice. unbelievable. I'm done. I swear I'm done. <laughs> I know. It's almost like he Googled dad jokes or something. Like, like, oh, <laughs> wait. That's hurtful. <laughs> Fair, but hurtful. But true. I see. We've only seen O once. You fell asleep probably 
mostly due to the amount of alcohol you consumed ahead of time. That was a contributing but, factor. But I, I honestly was bored out of my mind. Yeah. I, really? Yeah, I did not. There were so many, like, long breaks where this weird clown mime person Ugh. came out. And it just, it, it didn't, I don't know. It felt very choppy and just not, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it was not, it's not my favorite Cirque show. I have no. I have heard that if you're going to go see a Cirque show, that the number one, you know, kind of fighting it out for the top spot is O versus Love. And I know how you guys feel about Love. Oh, yeah. But you guys are, you know, Beatles, Beatles fans. Right. right. I, I I just was not impressed with O. I, you know, it's funny. I, I would, I've only seen two, three Cirque shows. I would say if I were to recommend it, it would, be, it would be, it was the fourth. You, um, so obviously Love, O. Elvis oh, and oh. Well, yeah, one. It's, I, I blanked that one out. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I were to recommend them, it would be Love, Michael Jackson, and then Ka. I haven't even seen it, but I'm like, I've heard good things. I loved Ka. Ka is my second favorite that I've seen pass after Love. Yeah. And I, I'm going to get you there to see that one at some point. I Yeah, I've seen, obviously, a lot of people like the show based on, you know, the, the number of shows and they're expanding it seven days a week might also be just Bellagio's popularity in general. I mean, that was the original juggernaut. I mean, if, well, I, okay, the original next level juggernaut, you can't really say that Caesars wasn't, wasn't a monster for the high roller, but I think Bellagio was the next level of that. And I wonder if it isn't just, that's the favorite people keep coming back to and that's what they're, or, 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 or maybe, maybe like where, where the rich people from overseas come and they're like, well, wait a minute. I feel like if we're going to stay there once, it should be a Bellagio. So they just keep feeding it in. That could be, and and if, you know, if the show is twenty years old, it probably needs a refresh. Yeah. If that many people have seen it, and so I mean, I guess yeah. it's not surprising. Yeah. It's X just, out that fucking stupid mime clown, and I'll reconsider trying it again. I, I'm good. Didn't you say that was the the that slow he, that was the yeah that was the slow part that was the that's the what I mean. Stuff cut that, him out. And tighten the whole thing. Yeah, but even then, the rest of it, I just I you're like, like oh yeah. look, they dove. Oh, and they dove again. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing and magical. And and to give what do we care? They obviously oh, look, there's they splashed up water. There's stuff going on what? in the water and changing levels and and all this other kind of stuff. So there's there's things that are happening. So it's not like they just dive into the water all the time. Wait a minute, Otherwise, that guy just jumped. I want, what's going to happen? Oh, he went in the water. Is the water still <laughs> oh, going to be there? He's going to jump now. Oh, he's good. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Wait, did well I just hear someone scream, Marco? Am I, am I <laughs> is that is that? Oh, is that where you get it from? Is that the story? I get it. It's the origins of Marco. Marco Polo. Someone, someone's following. They jump in. They're about to jump in the pool. And instead, they jumped off the stage. I, they died. It wasn't my fault. It was reflexive. <laughs> All, right. All right. Please tell me about the pro sports impact on Vegas. And Tony's going to check out. In the wake of being yep. awarded the 2020 NFL Draft, room rates were posted this week for that weekend, April 23rd through the 25th. Advertised rates on Expedia for Flamingo, Excalibur, Rio, and Circus Circus have tripled. Typical room rates for a weekend in April at the Flamingo jumped from $94 to $300. Excalibur from $88 to $279. Rio from $93. I think that's the surprise right there is that Mm -hmm. it was regularly $93. uh, To $289 and Circus Circus from $89 to $232. Additionally, Caesars announced plans to build an ESPN studio at Link next year. As part of their partnership, ESPN will incorporate Caesars data 
and branding into its programming in the coming months or coming weeks. All right, so here's uh, this is where I need some business. Uh, so I'm, I'm not. I, while I've seen and studied them and have opinions about takeovers and how that shit works, on the other side of working through something like that, how do you continue to operate regular business? Like the idea like, oh, yeah, we're going to brand it. Like we'll move in to the link thing. Well, it doesn't really matter if somebody's trying to buy you. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll sign this deal where uh, we'll brand your stuff. And like, we might not be a thing. Well... So I think a couple things. One, if you're able to land, you know, ESPN as a partner and actually have a studio in one of your properties, that creates value for that property. So if you are looking to sell and spin off and everything else, you might be adding to it. Now, okay. the other flip side is, although Caesars is for sale, maybe they really are looking at, you know what, let's focus all of our operations here in Las Vegas. And for the sale, we'll focus on the other markets. And so that could be behind the scenes, you know, they're working to strengthen the brand here. Well, you still, you've got something that you can sell now that has more. And all you get, all you have to do, quite honestly, if it's not Caesars, they'll just change the brand name on, on the ESPN advertising stuff. It's not. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. I I guess when you're signing a contract with these people, you're not really signing a contract with them. You're signing a contract to be in the space that you think is is going to be favorable to you. So, ultimately, if if they are out, like, well, my lease, it doesn't matter who fucking owns right. this. I want to be here. That's they're, what I signed yeah, a lease for. Yeah, they're going to sign a lease for the space, and there's going to be some kind of, uh, you know, there's got to be a quid pro quo of we'll advertise for you in exchange yeah. for, you know, a discounted lease space or something like that. That's, that's so, for cool. them, it's like, well, we just change who we advertise with. And I'm sure in the contract there's all kinds of provisions on if such and such happens in the brand change or whatever but yeah i'm not i mean this honestly that's badass it is i mean it's the room rate thing to me it's fair it's not it's but the fucking draft it's fair it is and based on how nashville did it if vegas can do it half as well as nashville did holy shit nashville's was like a killer success they made it a three-day party yeah um, if Vegas can do that, and Vegas is pretty good. At they are, and so I think that you know tripling the rates. But the the thing that I don't like about that is I see it coming with the more stuff they bring to Vegas, the more often these it surge pricing is is going to happen on the right. Rooms. I mean, they're already doing it on the nights hockey games, especially on the weekends when the Raiders get here when they're going to be in town. Room rates are going to go through the roof. So, which is justified, they can do it, but it just to me, that's sort of disappointing. Yeah. Next up, Italy is run by morons. <laughs> the Italy shit show has a new chapter. It was announced this week that the anchor tenant at Park MGM is once again offering a 20% locals discount. This is the third time a locals discount has been offered since opening earlier this year. No word how long it will take management to revoke this discount. A previous record was one week. There are additional details as to where and when the discount is applicable, but why bother sharing those? By the time you hear this, it may be revoked. But <laughs> but I'm glad to know this because I might run down and get some fresh pasta from down there or something. That Sorry, their pasta station's delicious. I don't care. They should be punished <laughs> for their ignorance. <laughs> you don't so quickly get me to fucking... Well, no, that's just the only time I'll go is when back. they offer the discount. All right, that's fair because it's positive reinforcement. While I don't See? want to be like, no, no, you fucked up. We're not coming back. Like, 
All right, you fixed but it. But if they don't learn, so they have to I see. Know. When you they fix it, I will come back. Refer- I know. I, I understand the logic. I no longer have this stance. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, it's our dear friend, Corey. He goes by C student or at Corey W. Crow. So sorry, uh, Corey, that this train has already gone off its tracks. Did you, did was, was that the, the guy that you said was the new mm-hmm. listener? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I like how yeah. you how you refer to him as our dear friend. <laughs> you yeah. couldn't remember yeah. his right. name. <laughs> <laughs> that's, listen, that's how we care. Like, listen, I care a lot about a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what you know. If you listen to this show, you're automatically a dear friend. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Depends on how long you Come stick Come on. He, he says... <laughs> Listen to my first episode of at 360 Vegas podcast today. Very well done, folks. Highly entertaining listening on the drive home. Regular listener from now on, and I'll catch up somewhat on future drives. Listen, <laughs> here's the deal, Corey. I would say if you insist on, because it's always weird when people want to catch up on our podcast, right? Because we're we're very topical. Yeah. So what we talked about, you know, six months ago is probably not necessarily true today so why you would listen back is always interesting to me but Corey, inevitably i'm gonna do or say something oh, in again. one of those podcasts that's going to offend you and please just accept my apology right now i didn't mean it when i said it at the time if you've got a problem with drunk tony please don't reach out to me sober tony because i'm not going to be able to relate take it up with drunk tony <laughs> drunk tony can best address your offense. So not, <laughs> okay, so let's go. <laughs> let's talk about the wintrification. Thank you. Wind Resorts announced this week that they have partnered with the team behind Cosme and Alta in New York and Damien, opening later this year in L.A., to bring a contemporary Mexican restaurant to Encore. Plans are to open the space currently home to Andrea's at Wynn in the first quarter of 2020, move continues when resorts initiative to distance themselves from disgraced founder steve win andrea or andrea i think it's andrea now that i think about it which makes me like her less when i look at it like that's andrea no 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 it's andrea it's like go fuck yourself andrea opened <laughs> in december of 2012 a year and a half after the couple married as part of a repurposing of the Surrender nightclub space. I always thought that her eye thing was fuck. Her her plastic surgeried eyes were fucking creepy, so I'm thrilled that this is happening. I don't give a fuck what they're putting in there. Get your fucking chick's eyes out. Like, look what I paid for. <laughs> I just... I just missed... I just miss the days when women were really proud of their boobs and they just want to show that off. <laughs> right. Hey, your cat eyes? Jesus Christ, Beverly D'Angelo. Right. What happened there? <laughs> oh, yeah. It breaks my heart. She she had an eye job I don't know or who something. That is. She, Beverly D'Angelo. Fucking. Uh, yes. A you be- do. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Ellen Griswold. Ellen Griswold. Oh, I didn't know that was her name. I just knew it was Ellen. It's <laughs> oh. fair. Yeah. She'd probably yeah. consider that a compliment. <laughs> Tell me about El Dorado's Caesar's plan. Considered the lead prospective buyer, El Dorado Resorts is holding off making a formal offer to acquire Caesar's Entertainment until they are able to identify half a billion dollars in cost-cutting opportunities. If they are unable to, it's believed they will not make an offer to purchase the company. 
Speculation is they will not be able to accomplish this goal. Caesars has given El Dorado until the end of the month to decide what they're going to do. Caesars Entertainment portfolio is valued at an estimated $24 billion. Houston Rockets and Golden Nugget owner Tillman Fertitta has also expressed interest in purchasing Caesars, but is struggling to find financing. He's, he's having trouble finding $24 billion. It's difficult. Well, he, I've been he's looking, looking underneath his couch cushions. Like, I've been, I know. <laughs> I swear. I know I had $24 billion in one of my but, pants. I know it is. Well, you washed them, didn't normally you? Normally, you only have to put like 20% down. So he really only needs to find $4 billion, and then he can finance the other 20 And then, And then they're going, yeah, yeah. So he's like, yeah, it's okay, I'll pass. Like, you're still Tillman Frittata. He's, he's also reaching out to the, the rest of his uh, his family here in Vegas going, can you help a brother out? And they're going, no. I don't know. No, I not happening. Like he's shaking the Houston Rockets down. So, uh, <laughs> do you need all that money we're paying yet? Come on, I see the bling you're wearing. <laughs> This is where I would have inserted a joke with someone that played on the Houston Rockets if I enjoyed sports ball. There you go. Yeah, there's, uh, you're not missing much on that one. Okay. Mm, something else I'm not missing out on. Yeah, drug amnesty. They've got some <laughs> drop boxes. What? <laughs> if you've got something to drop in the drug amnesty box, you ain't doing Vegas right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, yeah, okay, but... If the city of Las Vegas hasn't openly confirmed that they are not enforcing the part of the recreational marijuana legislation that says, while it's legal to purchase, it's illegal to consume outside of one's home, this should. McCarran Airport has installed drug amnesty drop boxes for those looking to avoid committing a crime when they arrive at the airport and realize, oh, fucking shit, I still have that in my pocket. <laughs> Just bringing drugs to the airport is a misdemeanor. However, the idea is if you police yourselves, we'll look the other way. To further confirm the look the other way philosophy, these drop boxes were installed in February of 2018. What? The only reason the RJ did a story on them was to remind the estimated 400,000 <laughs> people coming to EDC this weekend about them. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good idea, although I'm sure the people going to EDC are not going to have anything to drop off. Even the each Well, and even <laughs> even the story said, listen, listen, we understand sometimes, you know, you go to bed a little bit early. Sometimes you don't get to consume all the mushrooms you brought. We're just gonna look the other way, you know, what's going on. Perhaps you're tired after four days of being awake. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I I think it's cool. To me, to me it's like being treated like a grown-up. Like, we're not going to be stupid about this. We know what you're fucking doing. We're not going to bust you about it. Just don't be a fucking asshole. Don't, well, do the right, don't do the wrong. Don't make us do this. Well, and then that's the thing. So so let's say you, you pass the drop boxes, you go through security, and, oh, guess what the dr drug-sniffing dog found? Now you're in fucking trouble. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, once you get it in there, now we're talking it's a federal offense. Right. You know, so it's like, let's, let's, let's all... We're looking over here. You just put that over there. <laughs> I wonder what they do with what gets dropped off in the box. Exactly. I know, right? It's it's a special designated trash can. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's only in these drop boxes. Just put them in the drop box. Well, don't dump it out. I mean, you keep it in the thing. Don't waste it. Oh, I'm sure that these boxes are like... Salvation the, Army. No, well, the red kettles, yeah, could be that. Or the, uh, the, the change boxes at, you know, McDonald's for your Ronald McDonald House charities <laughs> donations. Or... What I was thinking of was the um, 
dispose the needle disposal boxes that you have oh, in certain yeah, restaurants. That's you. what I'm envisioning for this. Like they're locked and, and nobody can. And how get crazy in. would that be too? Like let's say you're at the airport and you're going and you see some like oh shit we almost brought all our heroin on board. And you see them like is this going like looking at the cop? Are you seeing this? Like I ain't seeing shit. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Don't know what you're talking about. International waters over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar, like say Corey, who's just started listening, prop bets you're is gonna an suck up for the rest the of the show now. What? You're gonna suck up for the rest of the show now. No, not even a little. I don't listen. Corey's gonna find out real quick. <laughs> I'm a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> but one that we all love. He's your beloved jackass. (laughs) So, Corey, here's the deal. Prop bets is for folks who are are unfamiliar. (laughs) (laughs) But, but Corey, he's he's a regular at this point. (laughs) If he wasn't, he's going to be now. So, prop bets are an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. So, first up potentially moving at a rate more reminiscent of old Vegas, Vital Vegas is reporting that behind the scenes, and in light of Wynn's elimination of parking fees, MGM Resorts is moving towards repealing parking fees at their Las Vegas properties. As this is only a rumor, there is no time frame to completion of the move. Yeah, I knew this was, this was coming. Oh, Caesar, yeah. Caesars will do it like two weeks after yeah. they do it. It was just, you know, and I think one of the casino folks that we know told us, it's like, we can't be, well, number one, I think we said in last week's show, once you have that revenue stream, you've got to have a pretty good justification of why to get rid of it. And you also don't want to be the first person to try it. You want someone else to see it as, all right, is there an impact? Okay, we'll follow suit because then it kind of moves the whole thing. But yeah. This week, Golden Gate revealed a new logo for the property residing at the first address established in the city of Las Vegas, 1 Fremont Street. Incorporated into the new logo is a callback to that address, representing 1F as the peak of its Golden Gate bridge-like swoop. What do you think of it? I didn't look at it. Hold on. I'm getting it. Tony, what do you think? I, I, I saw it. I got, that they, I got the 1F. I did not get that they were trying to make the Golden Gate bridge swoop. That was lost on me. Yeah, I'm, I'm... And I swear I stared at that thing. I like the old logo better. I do, but I appreciate this. I, I like it. I like what they're what they're going for. It's well, and you a like modern it from the history standpoint, too, but... I mean, I, I appreciate both of them. I do really like their their current one or their last one. I thought that was great. It was the best refinement of the Golden Gate logo. I appreciate where they're trying to go with this. That's that's more of a brand that you could sell. And, you could sell that brand. And in all fairness, have we not learned to just trust oh, what, right. what and, he yeah, does? Basically, like oh, whatever wait, Derek wants to do, it'll work out right idea. in the end. Who did this, <laughs> Derek? Well, that's probably a good idea. Then I didn't think about that. <laughs> it's growing on me. It's growing on me. A year later, like smartest decision ever. Right. Exactly. If the last few years of gaming revenue didn't convince you that downtown is establishing themselves as the place of preference for people who just want to return to the previously agreed upon deal of a fair house advantage, a Nashville-based developer has decided to build a 324-unit apartment complex at Symphony Park in downtown Las Vegas. Groundbreaking is scheduled for next Tuesday. No word when it is expected to be complete. Residencies at downtown, huh? Well. So or more, more residencies. More residencies, because <laughs> there's been a lot that have gone in. But what I I didn't 
you know, look at this article. But what I would be curious is to find out is what kind of development is this going to be? Because there's one that has already been announced. I think it's getting ready to open up. That ridiculously expensive rents, but it's an all-in-one community. So it has like every little possible store you could need on the ground floors, and then it's all apartments above. So it's got you know, the grocery store, the drug store, the liquor, anything that you would need as a resident, it's all completely confined within the apartment complex. And it's, like I said, ridiculously high rents because it's, you're paying for convenience. And it's actually, they're targeting all of these, um, fucking Californians. Sorry, I, I shouldn't say that because I'm going to offend somebody like Tony said earlier. But it's people from California. When did we start worrying about offending people? I'm starting to get fucking annoyed know. by this right now. Anyway, but it, it, they're, they're attracting younger people from California where the high rents out here don't seem high to them. Because that's And everything like, is close and convenient, which it's not in California. See, because that's what you want when you go to Vegas. Like, you know what I want? I just want to go to a place where I don't have to fucking go anywhere. I but just if, stay in this one place. But if they're living and working... Uh, I mean, they're not coming here to Vegas for tourists. They're coming here to live and work and have a job and do whatever. So it's a little different. You know, to me, it sounds like the place you go to die. Like, going, I just talk about this from the guy who never leaves the house. Well, that is you do now. Shit, not you this do now. City. Yeah. How dare you? If, if I lived in Vegas, I, I'd never be in my house. I would go everywhere in Vegas. I would check everything out every day. <laughs> Jenna's laughing at me. <laughs> she's also refilling my. my I, uh, I'm, she's like, oh, let's watch it. It's getting good now. Be afraid. Be very afraid. She knows what's going to happen. Oh, she already knows. Speaking of McCarran, Eater Vegas reports that Shake Shack is opening their sixth location in Las Vegas at the airport. It's expected to be located in the corridor that links A and B gates. But there's no word when it will open. And I have honestly no idea where that is, but I don't think that that is, um, I don't think that is Delta Gates because I think Delta Gates is uh -oh. C or definitely D. I don't remember. Uh, Delta, Delta is C. That's because I got I turned around. Every, I've flown Delta out of here twice and I get turned around every time. I'm so used to flying, you know, Southwest in and out that, yeah, one time I, I took the wrong tram and I went to the wrong, it, yeah, it's crazy, but... MGM Resorts is looking to settle the thousands of lawsuits brought against them by the victims of the Mandalay Bay mass shooting with an estimated $800 million out-of-court settlement. Attorneys representing the victims stated that it's too early to say if a settlement will be reached. At this point, a settlement is possible, not probable. I also saw something about this today that said of that $800 million, their insurance will cover 750 of it. So they only have to come out, like MGM will only be out of pocket $50 million. Well, I imagine MGM's had to pay a ass ton of insurance money to them for a long time, so it's and the rate's about to go up. <laughs> nice. Yeah, like well. Although interestingly enough, just if you want a very cursory three sixty legal lounge. No, that's segment, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Next up. Go always. I always want more of your legal mind. No, no, you've offended. Uh, well, so you you, you want him research. to uh, people to forgive you for offending. You're not going to uh, forgive him right away. Come on. I, hey, Karen. <laughs> Will you well, cut me off and interrupt me like that? Goody. Now he's coming after me. <laughs> exactly. <It's exciting. laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, no, no. Mark I, and I are standing I, I, in a circle. Just one pokes Tony comes after you. One <laughs> pokes Tony comes after you. 
<laughs> hey now, Poke and Tony, looking at you, Josh. Um, I did a little bit of research on this just to try to figure out what's going on. So where they're at currently is, if if folks remember, about a year ish ago, MGM took advantage of a federal statute which allows for an instance where what something that might if it's deemed to be a quote unquote terrorist attack, they could absolve themselves from any legal liability. Well, they tried to. Yeah, they tried that. They tried to. It didn't work. <laughs> well, it's not that it didn't work. That's still pending. So there was the complaint. The defendants, which would be all of these individuals that were suing MGM, filed a response to this particular motion to dismiss. And then what's happened now, though, where we're at currently you know, on 5-17-19 is they're currently in mediation to try to resolve everything, that. not just the, the lawsuit where MGM was suing the, the quote-unquote victims, but where the quote-unquote victims were suing MGM. They, they bundled all of it into one big mediation, and every 60 days, the attorneys have to report back to the court where they're at on their mediation. So this doesn't surprise, you know, this announcement of an $800 million settlement doesn't surprise me to a certain extent. On the other hand, what does surprise me is that MGM is willing to offer any sort of settlement on this because the crux of it is whether or not MGM had any negligence in the shooting that occurred on October 1st. And so if it were to go to a jury and this is obviously not anything that you should you know base a legal argument on but if you read the comments as it relates to the different websites that are posting that mgm may resolve it at a hundred million dollars the comments were well why would mgm take any you know settlement offer what liability if any did they have i mean and that's interesting to me because that gets into the mind of what the jury would have when they're sitting in a courtroom listening to the testimony. Does MGM, as a corporation, Mandalay Bay specifically, have any liability to the people that were at this particular concert? Yeah. Is it foreseeable that someone would bust a window out of Mandalay Bay and start shooting at people across the street at a concert? Right. I mean, are we? We're talking like. Tenths of a percent, but, hundreds of a percent, thousands of a percent. But but here here's the one thing to keep in mind because logically, Tony, I I completely agree with you. MGM is only going to offer a settlement if they think they've got a chance of losing, right? And I have sure one one reason why they're offering a settlement. I, I'd love to hear it. McDonald's hot coffee. What? If you all get right. if you oh. get this in front of a jury, they're gonna see a big corporation and all these poor people, and 100%. it's gonna go right to yes, wow. they owe them all kinds of money. Wow. And so, well done, Karen. So this is MGM's well way saying there's no way if we get in front of a jury of their peers that right. that we're not gonna be sacked with something. That's, I mean, granted, the McDonald's lawsuit eventually the the amount was reduced, but still to that fact, it was. I mean, how many millions of dollars did they award this woman sure. for burning herself? Sure. Yeah. So sure. that's that's right. why I think, because I think logically you're absolutely right. They would have to believe that, you know, there's something that would show that they had a responsibility for knowing what this nutcase was going to do, which I don't think there there is. But I don't think a jury would. would it's uh, such a bummer to think that fucking juries are that bad. 
Like they're they're sure. that unscrupulous. We're, like they they're we're more such a in, litigious society nowadays. But I mean, but I mean, like I take maybe maybe I really am in the minority. But that that makes me sad. Like I get people not voting. I get that. But like our legal system, I mean, it's not perfect. But I think part of that is because people don't respect that man. When I was on jury duty, that fucking meant I, that was really fucking important. Yeah. Like I, I was going to decide if somebody was fucking guilty or not, man. Right. That's it's, that's not that's nothing to goof around about. And if I'm the one guy that I need to like, no, I'm fucking fighting for this shit. I'm not putting this guy away for fucking ever. Because I'm the one person. Uh, by the way, I didn't do any of this. I'm just speaking <laughs> theoretically. <laughs> it was a fun you know, little but, story that you played. But if in your I head. have to fight, like I'll be that guy. Go like, no, no, we're not fucking convinced. I'm not gonna let you bully me into this if I honestly don't believe it. That's the way our system's designed to work. Yeah, that's a bummer. But you're right. You're right. Every, again, that's two today, isn't it? Right. I have two good points. No, we love Karen. <laughs> Taking over the space, formerly home to Zeferino, Smith & Walensky reopened on the Strip this week. Inside the Venetian Grand Canal shops, two years after the location in the Showcase Mall, South Strip, near MGM, closed to undergo a renovation and expansion project. Before their 2017 closure, the restaurant had been open for 18 years in their previous location. I remember that thing. Like, I... I, I I'm almost more interested to try it when it was its own building than I am now that it's in there because to me, I was always like, they have all these amazing steakhouses in these properties. How the fuck are you just it's doing that in that building? It's a chain. It, I, it, true, Karen. I, you're right. It is a chain. However, to Mark's point, you got to prove yourself yeah, that's fucking to be ballsy. able to hold your own oh, yeah. in your one-off building because now that you're in Venetian Grand Canal shops, well, well done. All the people that are coming through because they're staying there or want to check it out are going to Or the, the folks at the conventions walk. that are there. Right. I mean, you've exactly. got access exactly. to more people. Exactly. Yeah. You have, absolutely. So, uh, listen, I personally wouldn't eat at a Smith & Walensky, not because they're not an outstanding restaurant, but I can drive, you know, yep. about an hour and 10 minutes from the my same home thing to enjoy with Ruth's, that. yeah, Ruth's Chris, when we were in Memphis, we're like, mm, it's right here. Sure. Right. Absolutely. Next up, it was announced that celebrity chef and chopped TV show judge Scott Conant will close his Italian restaurant at Red Rock just over a year after opening. Plans are to convert the space into a, quote, Red Rock managed concept, That's which tells me that they think they can get more money yes. by not paying royalties and that's, to him. That's the thing that's really interesting to me because recently, when you know, as we were coming out of uh, of the the Great Recession, the idea was, why are we undertaking the cost to run these things? Why don't we just rent the space out? And that's what everybody started doing. All the malls started being run by another company. These restaurants started being leased out to all these people. Like, fuck it, we don't want it. Right. And it's just so interesting that they're going. Maybe we were wrong. Well, so think about the revenue streams, though, and you think about what, the way Vegas revenues have changed. Mm -hmm. Anytime you're contracting out to another party, you're they're taking a cut of the profits because now you're right, spreading the course. spreading the profits between two groups instead of keeping them all yourself. And so what you have to figure out is can we run it? And I'll say this: the restaurants that they've got at Red Rock, they've and what they're what we're seeing at Palms and what we're seeing at a few of the other stations, casinos, 
they're doing a great job oh, with yeah. the food offerings. So fuck the. I think one of the best burgers in Vegas is BBD, and that's at Palace Station. Right. So I mean, I'm not surprised, and I'll be honest, I ate there once. Wasn't overly in love with it. What about it? you? Went with Alistair. What, yeah. what did he think? I uh, I don't remember what his. I mean, he ate what we got. The food was fine, but it wasn't. You will bring me something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it wasn't. Like, of the Italian restaurants that I've been to, it was not my favorite. Yeah. But then again, he's also, and I forget if it's Southern Italian or nor- Northern Italian, but it's the, the type of Italian food that's heavily based on red sauces. So tomato paste sauce, which I'm not a fan of. So that could be part of it. But, um, I, you know, and it's just funny because I just read an article that, you know, oh, celebrating, they were celebrating one, year, it, yeah. one year anniversary <laughs> of this. And now it's like, yeah, yeah, no, we're closing. Piss somebody off during the celebration. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So it's kind of interesting. The icon-inspired sale of Caesars Entertainment Assets began this week as it was announced the company would sell their 70% stake in Emerald Resort, a South African casino, for $39 million. Pyrmont Hotels is the buyer, a Johannesburg hospitality and entertainment company, paying $39 million in cash for shares, valued at $49 million. And it begins. Yep. Yep. Well, that's it for news and prep bets. Let's check the river. All right. So the cool thing about 360 FHE is it's our opportunity to go out and explore the ever-changing landscape of Las Vegas and share those experiences with you. So this week, you guys went out and explored the Neon Museum's new annual membership benefits. Why don't you talk to us about that? Yeah, they, they were downgraded, which, listen, I, I realize this doesn't impact most of you, but I felt it was newsworthy, so I'm sharing it with you anyways. <laughs> Previously, annual membership not only granted the pass holder unlimited access to the Neon Boneyard and Brilliant Attractions, each pass holder was allowed to bring one guest with them for free. You were also allowed to bring in a quality camera to photograph the exhibit as long as you didn't use those pictures for commercial purposes. Recently, both of those perks were eliminated. The plus one was replaced by a 50% discount on up to two guest passes, which was a bummer, but I understood. However, the perk that stings to the core is this new rule that you can't, that you can only take pictures with your smartphone or your tablet, that's it. Quality cameras have to be left at the front desk I uh, this there's a real good shot. Our, we don't renew passes yeah. because of this because that like I remember specifically when I bought that camera. We knew we were on our way to Vegas, and I was and and it's funny because I knew that's the place that I wanted to photograph. If yeah. there was ever a place that I wanted to capture, and Scott really encouraged me because he's like, "You've got an eye to see the city that nobody else has seen, so you got to learn how to use a great camera so you can capture it and share it." And I remember buying that camera, and it was the Strip, downtown, and the Neon Museum. Yeah. And that's the reason why they know me, not by name, but they know me by face yeah. when I walk in, because every fucking week I would make a you trip there, there yep. because I'd try out a new lens. So, the, like, the one caveat they had is you could only bring in a lens. Like, you couldn't bring in professional gear. You couldn't, like, I couldn't be posing people, right? Like, we couldn't, we you couldn't, couldn't set hijack up a, a, the a thing. tripod. Right, and, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it wasn't, like, I couldn't be sneaking, like, oh, we're photographing these people are getting married. We're doing this. Like, no. It was, like, it was clear 
that I'm taking pictures of this and I'm just a huge nerd about all this and I love it. And the idea that that got taken, because to me it was really two factions. It was the real, uh, it was current Vegas and old Vegas. You just took old Vegas for me. Oh. And, and I get, I get why I'm sure some fucking asshole was doing it and ended and up selling, selling them. them yeah. And I, I, I get the idea that most people are still bringing their, their, their phones and, and they're still sharing it on social media. So this doesn't impact a whole lot of people. But for me, somebody who had dreamed of living to Vegas, like that was, that was a blow. That fucking hurt. Like, oh, God damn it. You know, like One asshole ruined it for the rest of us. Never mind. And Absolutely. to be fair, I haven't had a chance to go through it, but the Neon Museum has responded to me because I, of course, it's news. I shared it on social media. I'm like, wow, this is this is a real bummer. I want, I want to share this with, with you guys. And they reached out to me and confirmed what I assumed to some fucking asshole. Actually, a lot of assholes had ruined it for a lot of people and said that they would consider the idea that uh, somebody had brought up the idea that it, it, like maybe they only grant that access to season pass holders or annual pass holders, right. uh, and and it even went as far as like you know maybe you have to sign a waiver saying that you wouldn't do it. I'm like fuck, I'd even go as far as going. It's only a certain time that you can do it. You yeah. know, just come in you know before noon or something. We're gonna get busy this time. You can't fucking come in and do that shit. Like all of those things, but it's 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 just one a group of fucking con- like this is the thing that drives me crazy about HR. HR doesn't address the person. They create policies around a situation so they don't address it, but they then somehow make it more difficult for that person. So because one or a group of people fuck up, rather than addressing those people, like the people taking pictures, suing them, you know, or doing something like that. No, no, everyone's going to get fucked now. Everybody's fucked. The other thing you got to remember is suing people cost money. And this is a non-for-profit that is, you know, I get to get it, and I support else. it, and we've we've supported it. Yeah, absolutely, we have. It's it just I don't I don't know, and and like they had said something about you know you know you know we'll consider this, and I and I, I don't I know my voice sounds down. I'm not trying to sound like they said something that was shitty, just in case they're fucking listening. That was to me, it it, it was just I'm not the guy that says you you're like you put a rule out like that, and then I say. No, the rule doesn't apply to me. I'm going to reach out to you and say, I'm unhappy with this. You fix it. You know who and I am. And that was the thing that I didn't, uh, like, I appreciate that. They're like, well, we didn't think about it. You know, we'll think. But you can always come to us, you know, if you, if you have any concerns about anything. You know, we really appreciate And I'm like, I get that. But I, if you make a rule, I'm never going to be the guy going, I don't like that, so you shouldn't do that. I'll never be that person. That's why I shared it with everybody. But this is their policy. To me, this is law. I don't expect them to change it. I'm not asking them to change it. This is, their, this is what they change it to. That's the rule. That's what it is. Nobody gets exceptions, as far as I'm concerned. So that's what's crushing to me. Like, well, that's what it is. I don't. It, if me vocalizing it makes them fix the policy or making it better, that's cool, but I'll never contact you saying, I don't like this, so you have to change it. Well, you wouldn't be doing that. You contact them and say, I have concerns about this policy for this reason. Can we talk about it? That's a different thing. But I think it also, you have to chalk it up to the same way that you'll have properties reach out to you and want to talk to you and why I was so apprehensive to talk to MGM. Because I'm like, I just, listen, I just love this city and I'm, I'm sharing my thoughts on it from somebody that loves it to his fucking core and only wants the best for it. And on top of that, you know, 
adores its history. You know, that's that's the angle I'm coming at. I don't want to fucking. I don't. I don't want to be influenced by you. I don't want to potentially be influenced by you. And then I came up with the whole idea. Where I was like, well, then I'm being a cunt, so I don't want to do that. So now I'm going, <laughs> and I'll talk. All right, let's move into listener feedback. We've got a couple. We have a, a few donations, one from Kevin Cronin, one from our buddy Phil States. I will uh, talk about real quick. Kevin Cronin sent us a very generous PayPal donation. Thank you much, uh, Kevin. There was no message. So I'm going to assume that he said, Tony is the best part about the podcast. We love him more, Tony. <laughs> well, then he should be happy with this episode. Yeah, he's got to be thrilled. And then our second PayPal donation was from friend of the show, Phil States. Phil did leave a note. He said, scrambling to get in the Karma donation for Vegas Vacation 8. Still haven't had a winning gambling trip with a Karma donation. But then again, isn't every trip where I get to hang out with friends like the 360 Vegas crew the definition of a winning trip? He can be taught. Yes. Yes, Phil, How it is. How many times did he keep saying, like, when I, I, I've never I've never won on this, this karma donation. I'm like, you're hanging out. That's You're going to have an amazing, fun time. That's that's it. I never <laughs> said this was gambling luck. Never. I said it's, it's karma for a great Vegas trip. Oh, there Absolutely. you go. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much, Phil. Well, and what's super fun is I've been texting with Phil in real time <laughs> while we've been podcasting. So between uh, 821 Vegas, uh, excuse me, 821 Michigan time and a, which was our last, you know, kind of end of the like conversation, conversation, <laughs> twi- wait, pod, wait, text conversation <laughs> and 851. No, 751. So you guys do the math. But you never notice. You know why? Because I'm a professional. <laughs> Alrighty then. That's going to do it for episode number 301. Corey. <laughs> still going to listen. <laughs> Thank you for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. Get premium and sometimes exclusive content when you subscribe to our show at patreon.com slash 360vegas. And get 360vegas shirts, mugs, and anything else that we can slap a logo on (laughs) at zazzle.com slash 360vegas. I hope that tickles people the way it tickles me because I get super funny and giggly every time. (laughs) It It made me giggle, so... If you'd like to send some feedback, written or audio, much like our dear friends Kevin and Phil, you can do so at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. If you aren't sure how to record audio with your smartphone and send it to the email, hmm, if you aren't sure how to record (laughs) audio with your smartphone and email it to the show, we have instructions on how to do that as well on the blog's main page. Tony, where can folks find you? I am at 360vegas. Tony. Karen. I'm at Karen Mark. We are on, well, we're at 360 Vegas Vacation 8. So uh, the next two weeks, Patreon subscribers get some gems and uh, everybody else in attendance gets the time of their life. Until then. (laughs) 